Hey, hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome into Valuing Vulnerability, podcast episode number two. I'm your host, Kelsey Bigelow, and I'm so ecstatic you're joining today, listening in wherever you might be, because I've got a lot of great stuff for you. I was able to sit down with Graham Betcher earlier this week, and he's one of the world's leading mental performance coaches, a focus in sports psychology, but a lot of things that can be applied to everyday life for anyone, sports-related, non-sports-related. But just a little on his background, he's helped NBA stars like Ben Simmons, Aaron Gordon, uh, just kind of find that right mental space. And he himself, previously in life, suffered from anxiety and depression and has been able to overcome that. But a lot of what he shares is just so insightful and so powerful. And I hope that you can apply it to your everyday life, no matter what you're struggling with. So with that being said, let's hop into it. Podcast number two, Valuing Vulnerability. Oh, we're already going. We've already hopped <laughs> into it. There is no, I hop into it, I'm going. Like, there's... <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what people say, like, oh, Oh, you're going to be in the real world. It was fucking real the moment you were born. There is no like, oh, after school, the real world. Like, it, you get hit by a car today, you die. There, you're already in the real world. Like, there's no real, this is all real. When you're a student, it's all real. It's all real. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, though. No, <laughs> no right. I try to live in truth as best we can, right? Why? That's all I'm trying to pursue is what's real, what this is, you know? Right. And right. for you, so joined alongside now Graham Betcher and for you, a sports psychology, mental skills coach. I mean, you kind of wear many hats though. You author, co-founder of a, your own company. So just yeah. talk to me, kind of give me a brief background of where you started and where you are now. Man, well, I started, um, this stuff saved my life as a teenager. You know, I got introduced to someone who helped me out. I was really having a rough time with anxiety and depression learned a bunch of skills, how to meditate, how to be present. And it blew my mind. And uh, then I heard the word sports psychology a few years later. And I was like, oh, there's like a field for this stuff. You can work with athletes. So I just felt called to it. This was the early 2000s. And uh, I thought I would just go get a job in it. You know, and then there was no jobs. And so I was like, yeah, it made me become an author. It made me become an entrepreneur. I started making music, writing books. Uh, creating companies, training kids, because I was like, there's no jobs in this field. So how are you going to make it with no jobs? Like, so I had a vision to, to like serve other people. People ask me all the, all the time, how'd you make it to the NBA? I said, I focused on helping kids get to the NBA. I didn't focus on me getting there. I focused on helping other people. And that's a, that's a magic formula, right? That works. So that's all I've been doing is serving and helping. Um, now this whole field blew up and now it's like pop culture almost. So I'm considered a thing in it, but I'm like, really, I'm just some dude who was helping, you know, for a long, and I've just never stopped. So if I've been doing this for almost 20 years, there's no magic formula for success. It's like, just, do you love it? Are you like good at it? Then just do it forever. There you go. That, right. That's it. Most people <laughs> love it. They're good at it. Try things for a little while, then they quit. So that's where I'm like, you have to walk to win. You have to have lethal patience to see this through. By the time you found me, you know, I'd been putting this down for over 16 years and so <laughs> there's no quick fix there's no mystery for success right it's right like, are, do you love it are you going to stick with it and then are you going to stick with it again and then 12 years later you're an overnight success you know mm -hmm. so gotta be persistent i mean you don't have to but if you want to be successful <laughs> right. have things where you can do whatever you want in this world right you're free to do whatever you want but if you want to like make something happen and not just try to win the lottery yeah you, you have to like stick with it. You got to fail over and over again. You got to be vulnerable. You got to be uncomfortable. That's, that's where I came up with all this language I invented was because for me to do this, 
I have to like walk to win. I have to have lethal patience. I have to like be potent in the present. I like all these things. Also all this terminology would come to me uh, because it just, I felt creative because I didn't just go get a job mm-hmm. and just go, oh, now I got my job. I'm going to hold on to my job. I was trying to do that. It just never existed. <laughs> so now I'm sitting here going, I, I would never do that. Like, right. <laughs> I've just formed like two more companies, just written, just wrote two more books, um, about to release like two more albums. So I feel so creative and so here to serve that the challenges I had early on in this field actually ended up being the catalyst for success, you know? Right. And you talk about being vulnerable and it's funny you mentioned that the name of my podcast is valuing vulnerability. And you kind of touched briefly that this is kind of something that you've gone through facing anxiety, depression, if you don't mind kind of digging into that and just how you've kind of overcome that and where you are in it. Well, to overcome it, you embrace it, right? You, it's not something you get away from, you turn and face it and you go, what am I running from? What am I afraid of? Am I afraid of feelings? Most of the time, we're just afraid of feelings. We're afraid to feel things, right? We're afraid of like, oh my God, if I lose, what's going to happen? This anxiety builds and you're trying to avoid something. And then so one day you go, I don't want to live like this anymore. So why not surrender? And why not let go and start asking for help? And as you do that, right, vulnerability is everywhere because you got to lean into it. And then I realized that victory goes to the vulnerable. I was like, holy shit. If you lean into vulnerability, profound victory comes your way. Unfortunately, we're never, we weren't taught this in school. We were taught, get a grade point average, strive to go to school, all this Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm like, well, there's the anxiety. There's the whole package. Leaning into vulnerability was like, you're lucky if you discover that. So I'm grateful you've discovered that. I just put the word victory in front of it. So it forced me to do it. Mm Because I I was like, you want to win, Graham? Then go be vulnerable or else you're just talking and you're full of shit. You know what I mean? And being vulnerable, you discover you're not in danger at all. Like, you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, everything I was avoiding. Oh my God, it's nothing. But it's all, we, have, we live in a society of avoiding things all the time. We don't want to fail, make mistakes. Our self-esteem is based on if I'm better than you, then I feel better. That's weakness. That's not mm-hmm. like <laughs> no concept of self-esteem actually crushes your self-esteem because uh, it's all comparison. You could go out and do the best you've ever done. You get a 4.0 and you look at your peer and they have a 4.3 GPA somehow. And then all of a sudden you feel like shit. I'm like, so self-esteem ain't it because you can't compare yourself to other people. That's a killer. And that's where self-esteem comes from. Oh, I'm the champion. You could go compare yourself to one other person. They're a thousand times better than you. Would that crush you? Or do you know how to be fulfilled from within? Do you know how to build abundance from within? And that comes into leaning into vulnerability. Um, so yeah, that, that's a powerful thing. You know, right. that, that'll set you free if you, if you decide to lean into vulnerability. By definition, you have to feel vulnerable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that feels how it feels scary, terrifying, all those things, but you're safe. And then after that, how do you feel? Profoundly liberated, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, we just live in a world that it's like, you have to be invincible, quote unquote, invincible. We think we're invincible people and we hide those emotions inside instead of just talking about them straight up. I heard a quote the other day that was something about if you, uh, you can't defeat what you don't define. And I, I thought that was very powerful. I mean, wow. just thinking about that, uh, I suffered from an eating disorder uh, in high school. So it took me in several years to overcome that because I was just very stubborn headed and was like, I don't have an eating disorder. But once I defined it, it was just unfathomable how much quicker uh, recovery kind of happened for me. Almost immediately, right? 
Yeah. So you're like, we have profound healing abilities in us. We just resist doing it the whole time. It's like, why are we resisting these profound abilities we have? We're the greatest technology of all time. I'm sitting on some phone here looking at you. It's a great technology. Humans made this. Mm-hmm. We're the greatest technology of all time. And we barely know how to use ourselves. We don't right. know how to be here. We, 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 you're like, wow, as soon as I leaned in, I started healing immediately. Like, yep, that's how it works. But it's like, like we spend weird, our life, crazy, <laughs> crazy that like, that's how it works. Like instantaneously, you're like almost better. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're avoiding those feelings. We're told not to feel vulnerable. Now with more folks like you, we're leaning into this. So you're making a great impact because uh, when people lean into vulnerability, look at your whole life now. Look how it like once you can identify, OK, I do have an eating disorder. Great. I've identified it. Now I can do something about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm anxious and depressed. I had to state that. I need help. Shit. Then I learned all this stuff. And I was like, my God, I can learn to like (laughs) do this, you know? Weird. Um, But not, but we still have to practice every day. You know the work. You got to practice every day. This isn't like you go do some therapy for a couple hours and you're done. Mm -hmm. No, you have a skill set you got to practice every day. And if you're not aware of it and you go on a 10 day run where you're not doing your practicing your skills, things get bad. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the responsibility we all have. You know, I think we just, the more we help people become, aware and then give them a pathway like you became aware and then there were some things you could do and then things start to get better and you're like oh my god why was i suffering so long <laughs> right you know why was I, mean? I why was my mind closed off to this oh wait because i was trying to be tough <laughs> perfect or, yeah like i'm trying to be tough and pretend there's not a problem when the toughest thing you can do is be vulnerable because uh, that means you're acknowledged when i i work with the u.s navy and I remember talking to like their admirals, some of their admirals, and they were like, I was like, you know, I appreciate you guys are tough, but you know, when, if you're willing to be vulnerable, you're way tougher. And they were like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, well, just so you know, I can't call you tough if you're not willing to be vulnerable, because by mm-hmm. definition, you're not really doing it. They were kind of mad at me for a second. Then they were like, yeah, but that's it. <laughs> and then and then they kind of leaned into some of the vulnerability and realized how powerful it was. Right. And I understand from them, I mean, they're a bad day for someone in the military it's different than a bad day for an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, bad day in the military. You might, that might be it bad day for an athlete. You might get your ass kicked, but you're like, I'm still here. You know, mm-hmm. like we lost, but I'm here. So that voter vulnerability is real. Um, <laughs> I'm so thankful. I learned about that. And you do have to be willing to lean in. There's no other way around it, you know? Right. And you <laughs> mentioned your athletes and kind of in a wraparound way, the concept that you've kind of created this play present, just expand off of that too. Yeah. Well, I, when I, I was working with teenagers, right. 15 years ago. Cause I was like, if I can get this across to teenagers, then I know my stuff. Mm-hmm. If you can't get across to a 14 year old in 60 seconds, you're not, <laughs> you're, then you're not that good at this. That, that was my opinion. Uh-huh. Right. I you could go write a 200 page book. What does that matter? If someone can't understand it or you can't break it down in real times. So play present was me working with a JV basketball team. That's where I started for six years, I volunteered at a high school and volunteered to work with both all the basketball teams. And I started thinking to myself, I have to be able to get mental training to them in 60 seconds during a timeout with like eight teenagers looking at you with their heart pounding. And you got to be able to make sense in that moment. So I always worked on simplifying, simplifying, get it down to the simplest words you can use and play present was the simplest that I could define what the actual goal was. And our goal is to play present. And if you're not pleasant, present, next play speed. Come back to the present as fast as you can. 
-hmm. And I would tell the kids, I don't care if you make or miss shots. And they'd be like, what do you mean you don't care? I'd be like, well, I do care, but I know you're not going to make them. So I already let go of that. So Mm -hmm. I don't, the outcomes, whatever, man. If you're great at basketball, you miss half the shots you take. I don't know which ones people are going to make or miss. I just know at the end, it'll be about half. So what we focus on, playing present and fast next play speed. I didn't think it was going to take off and it took off. And it took off by year four at the school I was at. The culture was so strong. We were winning games. I never even thought we were supposed to win. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, this shit is really powerful. You know, This is working. <laughs> it works. And then I met Aaron Gordon, the basketball player, when he was a kid. Um, and then when he was 15, you realized who he, who he was going to become. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this kid is for, for real. So that inspired me to take these concepts and put them into a book. Cause I was like, I need to have a language I can talk to Aaron Gordon with. It's so simple. So I made a playbook. Play present is a playbook. Mm-hmm. It's 50 pages long. Um, and it's a series of plays that you memorize and then apply. So I was inspired by the, the athletes that I felt responsible to help. Um, and again, when I met Aaron Gordon, I didn't know he was Aaron Gordon. He was just a little kid. Right. And then four years later, you were like, oh shit. Like he was like, Graham, I'm going to the NBA in two years. What's up? And I was like, well, he's, he's going to go to the NBA in two years. Like uh-huh. oh, it got so, I was like, oh shit. Like make it make sense. I knew I had to make it real. Cause he's like, what do I do? You right. know, and I was like, if I can't make it simple, we're in trouble. And so that's where play present came from. It took me 10 years to write that book, to make it that simple. Um, I just finished up another book now. That's even simpler than that. It's called 10 minutes to win. And it, it'll little take, it'll take you 10 minutes to read. That gotcha. took me 25 years to write. Um, basically, this is my opinion, but you know your shit, the simpler it is. Don't right. give me complex stuff in a bunch of words. You're wasting mm-hmm. my time. Make it so crystal clear, so simple. Make it so easy for me. It's the equivalent of E equals MC squared. Every kid knows E equals MC squared. You may right. not know what it means, but you understand that this dude named Einstein, who's like some bright guy, got it down to like four letters. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, and every kid memorizes that. So uh, that's what inspired me to try to make it simple, to make a language that was so simple it could guide you in the moment. Uh, that's always been what I've been doing, trying to work. It, it makes me miserable because I'll be like, ah, it's too much to make it simpler. <laughs> and I just have to like make it simpler. And that's what I, I that's my struggle. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> but that's Start what I, that's, that's, my, words. <laughs> that's my purpose is to try to make it simple. That's why I make music now. I make tons of music. Because music is so simple and I can create an affirmation or a hook and just have kids mm-hmm. sing it back, sing it over and over again. And that's right. how it'll stick in your head, you know? Ingrained, right? Just like that. But I mean, even just play present, I know that was kind of, you obviously have a focus in sports, which is great, but it's something that I think you can even apply just daily. I mean, play present. Yeah. If you're not in the moment right here, right now, and you're thinking about, oh, yesterday this happened or tomorrow I have this, that's when that anxiety, depression, stuff like that starts to build again. That's right. The play present works everywhere. Um, I loved basketball, so I put it into a niche there. Um, the way it was explained to me is like niche is rich. Don't, don't be a jack of all trades. Like pick something and, hit and crush it. So I felt called to basketball, and I'm, I'm inch wide, 10 miles deep. Like that's, I'm not mm-hmm. 10 miles wide, one inch deep. I'm right. deep in it but it's small, but you go deep in it. Um, so play present works everywhere. I work with companies, musicians, surgeons, lawyers, uh, anyone under pressure with results who needs results playing present is coming through. I work with government people now. It's crazy. I never even thought I'd work, (laughs) but I work with all kinds of people and yeah, it works everywhere. It's universal. 
Um, so I can adopt the language to different places, but it's always comes back to being present, being here. And if you're not here, where are you? And what are you doing? Because this is what counts. And if you're trying to be successful, you better get your ass here. Now, if you don't care about all that shit, you do whatever the hell you want. Like fucking be in the past, <laughs> just randomly go where the wind blows. But if you're like, I'm, I'm here to do something, you got to be where your feet are. You got to practice being present. And if you're not playing present, you're getting played. You know, that's basically how it works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you talked about working with Aaron Gordon, but also, I mean, the list is very long of <laughs> NBA stars you've worked with. I mean, you've been in it for a while now, but what's it like just working with those guys? Uh, NBA players are wild. Um, the NBA is a unique business um, because you can identify them at 12 years old. No, no, Joe, you already know. You already know. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of things have to go right, but you know at 12. That's how sophisticated. It's sad because you can identify them. So, you know, I met, I worked at like these basketball camps, the top 100 camps, and I would meet Zach Levine and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. They were all just kids. So I'm just trying to give them as much as I can. No one's asking questions. I'm just giving. So my philosophy is proactive mental skills training. I don't wait for them to ask questions. That's usually way too late. And so my experience working with them is they're like this teenager who's kind of got an open mind. They kind of think I'm weird and I give <laughs> them a little bit of information and then let them go. And I don't need any other validation. And maybe they call me back like a year or two later and say, Hey man, what were you talking about? And I give them a little bit. And then, you know, years later, they'll be like, I thought you were weird for four or five years. Um, and then it turned out everything you said was right on. And I'm like, cool. And they're like, wow, you didn't need my validation. I'm like, I don't need your validation, man. I, I already, I know my shit. You know, right. I, know, I don't need anyone to go be like, this works. I'm like, I know it works. It's just whether or not you do it or not. So my experience working with NBA players in my role was very much, um, no one was asking. I knew how to be at the right place in the right time. And I knew how to teach people. So I just give, 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 and then walk away. And then years later, some of them became pros. But it wasn't that NBA players were calling me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was I was I was on a mission to go serve this to the world. They don't know to ask, dude. They don't have a clue. Right. Let me go serve it. And then years later, that that was like my business plan. You know, was to go do it. And I made it to the NBA. I was the director of mental training for the Utah Jazz. I did that for several years. It was a great experience. Uh, but then you're on the road twenty four seven. And I'm married. I love my wife. We're best friends. We have two beautiful kids. I don't want to be away from them. Mm -hmm. right and so you're in the nba the nba is like a circus it literally is a circus it's a traveling <laughs> it's a traveling circus the more drama right. the better the more all that stuff the better i mean the biggest game in philly in the last 10 years was when ben simmons went back to philly traded with the nets people people want to see what's what's going on so the nba is like a circus uh, what i tell everyone who wants to be in pro sports is make sure you get yourself out before it eats you alive because you want to talk about a pressure cooker go to pro go to pro sports everyone right. wants to work with pro sports right you know what the feeling is once you get there everybody wants your job right. you don't know that till you're there because when you're on the way there you're like i'm gonna make it I'm just, you're just excited then you go there and you're like wow i'm here every single person in the world wants this job and so are you gonna like hold on to your job or do you still have the courage to keep coaching and be like if i get fired i get fired every mm -hmm. day in the nba i'd be like fire my ass today do it today go ahead do it today <laughs> and all they would tell me is no please stay here work forever because you have to be once you get to that level you cannot be holding on to your job you cannot be operating in fear or else you can't coach mm -hmm. so right. my experience of the nba is it's the wildest place in the world uh, pro sports is insane it's big business it's a circus 
It is not at all like high school or college sports. High school and college, it's, we're a team. We've got this thing. We're like, you know, brothers and sisters and all that. Pro sports is big business. It is. It just is. Mm-hmm. And there's so much money on the line. It's, it's insane. Um, but I loved it. It was a great experience for me. But I walked away a couple of years ago, and I'm really happy to be not working in professional sports like that. You know, right. um, the, the, the travel's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of travel. But my experience, again, with, with NBA players, well, I was working with kids. It wasn't a bunch of NBA guys calling me. It was, I was working with kids and they were like, you're weird, Graham. And then five years later, they're like, oh, it turns out this is the shit. That was it. <laughs> you know what you're talking about, weird. <laughs> and I didn't need their validation. So I was, that was my pioneer move, you know, is like, that was my, actually my plan. No one was calling me. No one was paying me. It was none of that. I had a plan to go promote this stuff. And, mm-hmm. I, and I did it and I saw it through. And I, what I told the kids was, hey, I'm going to help you there. And if you ever want to turn around and share it and let people know what we were doing, that'd be great because you can help more. The reason I was training pro athletes is because people like them. So if, if you know pro athletes are doing this shit, you're going to do it too. That's why, that's why I went to go serve athletes. Mm-hmm. Now I serve business and money because people love money. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll run it. People love money. They think money's everything. Which is right. Fine. So I run it through money now. I run with sales programs, sales teams give them all this information because they have so much pressure to get results that I can slide all this information in. You know? And so. even now, I mean, you talk about a growing business, mental health, I feel like is just, it's exploded Boom. over the last couple of years. Well, whether you like, basically, if you look at like 2020 COVID hit, everyone got thrown in the deep end, whether you like yep. it or not. And either you've been doing the work and you were ready or you fucking, you were panicked and you were like, Oh no, I gotta, I gotta handle it. So everyone's playing catch up, which is fine. You know, but this is a place where everyone recognizes the value of the inner work. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Uh, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, this is, it's now pop culture. This is now, this is not a field of like hooey weird shit. So this is the shit. This is like, this is the ultimate thing. You know, that's why uh, the Navy calls me or companies and like they all, they all know, they all want to figure out how to do it now. They want to help people and they know this is how you empower them. I'm not saying just me, but this, this whole space, right, right. this whole field, you know? Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's a great time for it. And like, you look at it and you talk about bringing it down into simple terms, your play present, I mean, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But when I think about the brain, it's just such a complex, like a million different ways you could go with it. So how do you put such a complex piece of our body into such simple terms for people to actually understand and not be, so intimidated. I mean, reps, repetition. Um, I've had someone say, Hey, I'd, I'd give my life to do what you do. I say, I did give my fucking life to do this. So there's no shortcut. I've dedicated my entire life to doing this. I've sat in the dark for 12 years before anyone recognized me. I sacrificed all the money, sacrificed every bit of comfort. And yeah, I got all the words. I got them all because I've earned that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I know about lethal patients because I've lived it. The only right. way you can discover all this shit, you got to live it. I know about walk to win. I see people running all the time. I'm like, I'm going to walk right by their ass because they're going <laughs> to run. They're going to run fast for two or three years and quit. And I know it. And I mm-hmm. know it. they don't have it in, in them at, at all. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. But right. when I see people run that. So all this language, it came from me living and fully going into the pressure cooker and wanting to discover what this was. That's where play present came from. That's where next play speed, victory to the vulnerable, palms down. All this stuff, it's surreal. Where I'm like, where does it come from? And I'm like, it comes from source. I've ta- I know how to be creative and I know how to do the creative process. 
And creative is way past competitive. You got to get past survival mode. You got to get past all these modes to tap into creativity. You tap into creativity, you get downloads of all the fucking information. And then you have a choice. Am I going to bring this information to the world? And so that's what I find myself getting downloads all the time. And then I, like, it took me 10 years to write play present. That's, it took me 10 years. Go spend, go spend 10 years doing something and mm-hmm. go see how clean you get that shit. Go right. watch a great musician. They make it look easy. And you're like, that's because they practiced hours every day for decades to show you how simple it looks. I remember watching Steve Nash play basketball and I was like, damn, I could go do that. And I was like, oh, no, I can't. That's how great he is. He made it look <laughs> boring. He made it look like just boring. Just dribble up. Uh-huh. Easy. So these words come from reps. Mm-hmm. It comes from dedicating my life to this. It comes from being extremely vulnerable for a long time. And then letting the, letting the, letting the creativity come through me. And then having the courage to put it out there. You know, so um, there's no quick fix. You know, right. if you put you ask Steph Curry how he shoots like that, he'll be like, reps, man. I've been doing this since I was three. There's uh-huh. no, there's, it's repetition. Repetition is how this happens. Um, everything else is the lottery. So I wasn't trying to win the lottery. I was trying to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I walked to win with lethal patience. And I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. And I don't know how to like, if you want to go for it, go for it. I didn't play it safe. And so like, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the shot. You know what I mean? And so I live in that space. I live in anything's possible. That space can be so uncomfortable for people. It's to come in where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen today. That's uncomfortable for people. But that's a real game, right? That's an athlete. You're like, we don't know who's going to win or lose. We have to go perform it. I live in that space every day. And be because patient. I live in that, I get, I get downloads. I mean, I came up with a company called Train the Mind. And I was like, how the hell did no one already have that name? Like, that's the greatest <laughs> name of all time. And I'm like, because they weren't there. I, I, Right. I can, you know, you start, where did play present come from? I mean, honestly, it all comes from source. It's just, can you tap into source? When people say they're a made person, I say, what'd you make? And you'd have a hard time actually figuring out anything you actually made. <laughs> I didn't make the sweatsuit. I didn't make the phone. I didn't make this pen. I didn't make anything you fucking see here. I didn't make this house. What have I made? Nothing. I didn't make the English language. I used it. I didn't make paper. I used paper. I didn't make any words up. They're just there. I just put them in order. What did I, I didn't make anything. That's how I stay tapped into not letting my ego think I'm great. I'm like, I didn't do any of this. It comes through me, but mm-hmm. I'm humbled by it. But I didn't make anything. I didn't make the car I drive in, didn't make the roads I drive in. I didn't do anything. Right. Got to stay at patient. The time, at the same time, I have written books, but like, where did the words come from? I didn't make the English language up, did I? So what did I actually, I didn't make any, I didn't make the word play and present up. I put them together. But they've all, all this stuff already exists. I'm getting deep on you now, but like, that's, <laughs> if you want to know where the creativity comes from, it's a willingness to sit in this open space and that stuff comes through you. Like it might come through you at 3 a.m. You wake the fuck up and write it down and you mm-hmm. wake up and you, because when it comes through you, it's a sign and you're like, oh, I'll get to it later. No, you won't do it right now. And that disrupts your day. That causes all kinds of shit to like get messages at three in the morning. That's not like an organized business day. But that's, that's how it comes through. Well, I mean, that's I live, when you I get live. the best ideas, though. I mean, sometimes we're so focused on planning out every step of the way and not just staying present in whatever comes to us. And it, do it gets Plenty. chaotic because then if something comes up, then you get thrown all out of whack instead of just, I mean, like whatever COVID, happens, happens. No one exactly. So this idea that we have a plan, 
this is me being real. Your plan doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. It does. You can't plan on an earthquake. You don't know shit. No, it, it's, it makes you feel comfortable. But the best I've ever seen is there is no plan. I'm fully present reading the signs of the moment. I'll know what to do because I'm present. And right. people are like, ah, but what about tomorrow? Fuck tomorrow. What about right now? Why aren't you here? When tomorrow shows up, get, what, what is it? It's right now. There is no tomorrow. Tomorrow never shows up. It's always right now. Just because the earth spins around, it gets dark and light. That's, that, that means nothing. It's always right now. So, but that space, we, we, we want to know, what's your business plan? I'm like, the plan is to be present. That's like, ask, are you going to win today? Like, we don't know. We got to be present and go see. It's not for everybody to be in the space because it's uncomfortable. People want to know, even if they know it's not going to work, they feel comfortable knowing I've been rejected. I'm done. I don't have to be like anything's possible. I'm, I'm stuck in my spot. And there's something that's comforting for people about that. Um, I know that is a slow death. So I don't want to die like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I want to die one time in this life. Great. With my family around me, you know, with my loved ones. Uh, I don't want to die every day because I'm not following my truth. You know what I mean? There's a code. So, I I mean, I followed a code. This wasn't some wishy-washy shit. This was like, (laughs) you probably didn't expect me to talk like this when you called me, but I keep it real. (laughs) Um, there's nothing, devotion is the sweetest emotion. If you're not devoted to this, if you have some plan to get a quick fix or something, you ain't it. Like, that's not it. And don't coach anyone I care about if you have that, because you're going to coach them into fucking nonsense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the the more you live what we're talking about, the more you share that with other people. Like you could read five strength and conditioning books. Does that mean you're working out? No, it means you read some fuck, means, means you read some fucking books. That doesn't mean anything, honestly. I could go read about sharing all day. Does that mean I'm sharing? No, it just means I read it. Doing it is way different. Right. You know, go out and I mean? live it. That's way different. That, that's vulnerable. That's uncomfortable. That's risky. That's unknown. So that's to me, that's where peak performance lives. I, in think, that space. I think with that though, I personally I try to stay present, but I can tell you right now, I don't I don't accomplish that. I'll be completely vulnerable with you. I don't, I like to be planned out as most of us do. I mean, and I think that comes because we live in such a busy world right now that we think if we don't have the next week planned out, then we're confused and we're lost and we're not doing it right. We're not succeeding, but really you're actually more successful than those who are planning out every step, every move. I feel, I I feel you. I feel you a hundred percent. And there has to be a moment where you decide I don't want to live in that prison anymore because the planning, do what you want, plan what you want. If you actually know what's going to happen, why the hell would you need to plan it? Like you don't know. So why don't you get better at not knowing? People are so fucking terrible at not knowing that they sabotage their whole lives. Every sporting event is an unknown event. So if you look at life like an athlete, you're like, I'm going to play today fully present with a great attitude great effort and go all in you're winning that's winning what happens after that dude none of us know so why is there this obsession with having to know because it doesn't actually make you feel confident because if i take away your plan today i'll crush your ass oh my plan is gone oh that's you're so fragile that that's how you break so the plan doesn't even help you you're clinging on to illusions as soon as you're ready to let go of that and get good at the unknown then you start to feel confident Having a plan is like, oh, how was your plan in 2019? It didn't matter in 2020, did it? It didn't matter at <laughs> all. So, so what's a plan? I'm just, of, I'm just of the mindset, why don't we be as intelligent as we can? I'm not going to listen to the part of me that's full of shit. 
that like needs to know a plan. Is that really the truth? No, not even close. I understand. I understand it makes you feel comfortable to think you know what tomorrow is going to bring. But ask people who have heart attacks. They don't know that shit's coming. No one knows, man. Right. You know, when people say like a midlife crisis. You don't know when your midlife is. You don't know that shit. Your midlife mm -hmm. might have been at fucking 12 years old. and You don't know it. It's like these ideas we have are so ridiculous, but I understand. <laughs> um, but if you're willing to break out of it, you can actually start to tap into like where all these words come from and creativity. And mm -hmm. the more I do all this, guess what? I'm taking care of my future. Just so you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if your concern is the future, if you're like, oh, I want to make sure that you better get good at being present. If right. your concern is the future, not planning and calculating and then avoiding mistakes and like living this, that life. You can do that, but that's not it. This is all just my opinion, just so you know. Right. This isn't like some, I'm just telling <laughs> you my opinion. Um, and I've worked with thousands of people and I'm like, all right, if you're not trusting your deepest intelligence, you tell me what, what that means. And they'll be like, I'm, it's frustrating. Cause you're like, damn it. All we want to do is avoid feeling feelings, right? You don't want to sit here and think anything's possible. You want to know the plan. So why would we play sporting events? If I already told you, okay, you're going to lose, you win. Why play? Mm -hmm. And people, that's not actually what you want. It's not. It's not. Or else this, everyone would be satisfied. Right. <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> Nobody's ever satisfied. Because like, here's my plan. All you're really saying is I'm anxious and I'm scared. I'm anxious and I'm scared. And if I don't know what's going to fucking happen tomorrow, I'm fucking freaking out. I could tell you some story of what's going to happen tomorrow. It's just a story. I right. can tell you any story. I could tell you Santa Claus is real. And I could tell you... Uh, you name the stories you've been told since you were a kid. There's when so when you ready? When, when you're ready to live in truth, and it just comes down to that. When you're ready for it, because as yeah. soon as you start living in truth, all the other stories die, and you have to want that. So sometimes we get energy from being a victim. People love victim stories. They love that shit. And you can get mediocre support from that. You can get mediocre compliments from that. You can become a high end mediocrity by living mm -hmm. in that energetic space. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You know, social so, media. <laughs> everywhere, you know? So again, I, mean, I think one of the things that Aaron Gordon most shocked, he was most shocked about me is that I didn't need his validation. He goes, everyone needs my validation. Why don't you need me to approve you? I'm like, cause I'm fulfilled inside. It doesn't come from the outside. What, what is this outside thing? You think your grade point average is confidence? You think any of that matters? Shit. <laughs> Ask me if anyone's ever asked my grade point average. <laughs> but That's it feels so... real, right? When you're a kid, it feels real. Mm -hmm. feels like it's everything and it's on the line and this result is it. And I better, no, man. I'm not saying you shouldn't try in school, but like instead of a grade point average, shouldn't you be more concerned with me learning? Right. What's, what's a grade point average? What, I mean, what is that? It's a fucking exactly. numerical assessment of me. You can't assess me with numbers. You can't do that. My presence is how you assess me. You, mm -hmm. you feel me on that? My presence is how you assess me. You can't assess me with numbers. You assess me with how powerful my presence is. That's it. Because that's real. In a, a, a numeric assessment? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> You're a 1230. What the fuck does that mean? That means nothing. Doesn't, doesn't mean a damn thing. They don't even do the SATs anymore to get into UC, UC schools in California. SATs 15 years ago, do or die. Now they're like, wow, we're so stupid for even having those. I'm like, you are, it's okay. But don't judge people numerically. Don't do it. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Judge them on their actual presence. It takes way more work to do what I'm saying, but this is what's real. 
You know what I mean? I have all my schools call me years later and ask me to come speak at them. At the time, they didn't think I was a good student. But later on- <laughs> That's because your GPA probably wasn't good enough. So they're like, no, not this guy. <laughs> I was like, you were tracking the wrong metrics, man. And you're tracking the wrong metrics on all the kids. That's why you're like, what's the plan? Fuck a plan. How present are you? That's the mm-hmm. plan. That Literally, that's the plan. Right. And if you can't do that, then uh-oh. I mean, who cares what your plan is? Who cares? I'm going to go to this school and I'm going to do that. Then what? Then after that, you'll finally be present or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's not a magic pill, that graduation cap, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but we're sold that sometimes. Oh, very you know? often. Well, so I don't, I don't buy that though, but, but I, but I, I, I mean, I have a bunch of degrees. I got all that, but anyway, I'm going off now, but I just like, when I, when I talk to people, I'm like, man, focus on your presence, focus mm-hmm. on your energy and focus on showing up my future. I'm like, that is your future. Tell me when it's not right now. Tell me literally when it's not right now. If you ever find that, let me know. It's always <laughs> right now. Everything else is made up. So if you, how you want to live, you want to live or you want to just live live in like an illusionary world. (laughs) (laughs) That's if only everyone understood that though, it's powerful. That's why we're here. here. That's why we do this work. That's why I don't need anyone's approval. I don't need your like, yes, I'm here to do this. I'm Mm -hmm. here to serve. And uh, I'm going to keep writing books, making music, saying this stuff. And uh, because people need it. And I was that kid that needed this. And I was like, don't judge me on math, wrong metrics. Everyone's anxiously worried about all that. They missed me, you know? Right. right. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. That's a lot, a lot to take in, but hopefully the listeners can wrap their heads all around it and they'll actually begin to stay present in whatever they're doing. But I do appreciate your time. Come on. Of course. And remember being present isn't about I'm everything is perfect. And my right. mind is clear and I'm here. No, president might be like, man, that's a shit storm today. Oh, and I'm going to be with it. Mm-hmm. President's got to feel so vulnerable. Cool. Here it is. That's the present. This isn't like everything is just wonderful. I'm like, no, it's that leaning brings... into these vulnerable things. That's exactly. it, man. That's the work. That... Be willing to do that. Be willing to do that. And that's something, that's something that's been on my mind a lot lately. It's like you see somebody in the store and Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good end of conversation like why is it like that why can't we be willing to no it's been a crappy day it has and be willing to talk about that but it's just something that it's so pounded into our head over and over and over and over again that no everything has to be perfect and we're living this wonderful life that nothing bad ever happens until something bad does happen (laughs) perfectionist perish and it's the coldest thing i've ever seen but I'm like, man, this idea of being perfect. If anyone ever says that, ask them what they're perfect at. They're like, all right, cool. So I believe you. What are you perfect at? And then watch them just look like a fucking moron. <laughs> so you're like, stop being ignorant then. If you can't even say one thing, why would you listen to that voice? Right. It's like, at least be intelligent. If you're like, no, I'm perfect at all these things. I'll be like, great. But no one ever, no one's ever said anything they're perfect at. I'm perfect at being imperfect. Great. Let's start there. Because that's the truth. How do you know a real emerald from a fake emerald? The fake emerald is perfect. You know what I mean? Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep helping people. Keep sharing the good word. Keep doing the work on yourself. I'm proud of you for acknowledging what you've gone through, your eating disorder. I'm super proud of you. That's amazing. I'm proud of you for living your truth and doing this work. And thank you for inviting me on. What an honor. You know? Yeah, I appreciate you and 
all the work that you've done as well and for hopping on this podcast and hopefully somewhere somebody needed this and it's exactly what they, they the doctor called they, for they will this will help i i know it because you're doing the work we're, we're i don't know who this is for but we did it we're gonna help some people with this so that's i mean i just pull my heart out that's all i do i'm just like to keep it real pull my heart out i use any word i have every word in my disposal you probably noticed i don't worry about swear words i use anything i'll use all right. words i'll use all the sounds because mm-hmm. i'm here to help <laughs> 